Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. On today's show, we got the next step in the Tennessee Titans offseason. We saw a veteran starter cut from the team, and the Titans make a signing on Tuesday. I'll tell you who that player is and what their role will be going forward. Also, we got some more salary information on two recent deals for the Titans in Ben Jones and Jeff Swaim. We'll talk about how that impacts the Titans' salary cap going forward. And then finally, there are a lot of targets still out there for the Titans on the free agent market. I'll go position by position and roll by roll to talk about the guys who I think are a good fit. All of that and more on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm excited to recap everything that took place in day two of free agency for the Tennessee Titans. We got cuts, we got signings, we got cap information, so all that and much more. Before I dive into it, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked on Titans podcast, make sure that you are locked in to the Monday through Friday, daily Tennessee Titans content I will be putting out not only during the season, but all year long. Subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Throw a thumbs up on the video. If you're watching right now, check me out on social media, at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, at Locked on Titans Pod on Facebook. I am the host of the show, Tyler Roland, been uh, a big fan of the Tennessee Titans for over 20 years, been covering the team for almost three years now as well as the host of the show. So uh, always focus on the X's and O's here on the show, but obviously breaking down all the news and notes coming out of Nashville every single day as well. But with that being said, let's dive into our day two recap of free agency for the Titans. Number one, the cut that we saw was one that has been expected for some time, and that was veteran cornerback Jack Rabbit Jenkins. This move will save the Titans $7 million in cap space. So, as I said, it was an expected move. Most people who cover the team, follow the team, could see that one. The writing was on the wall. Now, it did take some time for the cut to actually happen, and it seems like the Titans are kind of on an as-needed basis here with free agency. They didn't just do all the moves at once to clear out a big amount of cap space. They're going move by move. Hey, now we're bringing Ben Jones back. Now we're bringing back Jeff Swain. Now we signed Jamarco Jones. We need a little bit of room to make room for that. We'll go ahead and cut Jackrabbit Jenkins. So it, it seems like the Titans aren't trying to do everything at once. They're doing it, like I said, as needed as they go throughout free agency. So Jackrabbit Jenkins cut from the team. What does that mean going forward, though? Well, it's something I've talked about throughout the offseason. The Titans now have a very, very young group at cornerback. 
Caleb Farley going into his second year, Christian Fulton going into his third year, Elijah Molden going into his second year, Chris Jackson going into his third year. I mean, that is a very young group of corners. The Titans are going to want a veteran in there, but besides that veteran depth, which we'll talk about towards the end of the show, uh, some guys I have my eye on, the reality is this puts such an emphasis on Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley going into his second year, coming off the torn ACL after three games with the Titans last year, played about 60 defensive snaps. He's going to be thrust into a starting role at this point, and it's very, very important that he steps up to the plate. And you can kind of read the tea leaves on that. John Robinson earlier in the offseason mentioned that Caleb Farley was going to have to step up and, and be a player that they can count on, and that's exactly where the Titans are now. you got a first-round pick in Caleb Farley. He's got to produce. He's got to step up. He's got to be a starter as a first-round pick. It's just got to happen. Now, Farley, again, six foot two. 190 plus pounds. He's got all the physical attributes that you would want. Size, speed, especially recovery speed. If he does get beat, physicality, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to, you know, speed up with his mental IQ. He came into college as a wide receiver. So cornerback is still somewhat of a foreign position to him after only a couple of years in college and dealing with injuries in college. So first and foremost, the Titans need Caleb Farley to be healthy, but cutting Jackrabbit Jenkins really puts Caleb Farley in the spot you're going to be our starter. You're going to have to play well. You're going to have to produce. And when you take a guy with a first-round pick, that has to be the expectation anyway. So perfectly okay with that. Caleb Farley's time has come, and he's going to need to produce. But although I will say, I do want a veteran cornerback in the cornerback room to go along with those four young guys just for some vet wisdom. You know, it never hurts to have that around. But we'll talk about some free agent candidates that I still make sense for certain rules for the Titans at the end of the show. There is a signing that took place on Tuesday. And as I said yesterday, guys, I am checking my Twitter throughout this process uh, to make sure that I don't miss any big-time news. Uh, that that's what it comes down to. Uh, so if you see me looking over, I'm just making sure that no breaking news happens while I'm doing the show. One of the real terrors that I have while recording shows during free agent week is just the news never stops. It, it goes 24 hours a day. You're getting signings and stuff after midnight, my time zone. So trying to make sure that I'm on top of it. Who knows what news could come later on tonight. But as of right now, one signing by the Titans on Tuesday, it was veteran safety and special teamer. A.J. Moore. A.J. Moore played four seasons with the Houston Texans. He's a safety by trade, but the reality here is he is a special teams player. He's a good blocker on special teams. He's a good gunner on the punt team. The guy who lines up as the wide receiver and runs down and tries to tackle the punt returner. He's a solid tackler. He can play some deep safety, but he's real inconsistent when it comes to defensive responsibilities. At the end of the day, he is a special teams player. He's played over 60% special team snaps for the Texans four years in a row, and over 80% of special team snaps for the tight, or for the Texans in 2021. I talk about roles this offseason. I didn't want to focus on needs positionally. I wanted to focus on the roles within those positions. And if you want to peg somebody like Jamarco Jones, we peg that as the Kendall Lamb role and the Kendall Lamb replacement. Well, A.J. Moore is the Matthias Farley replacement. Matthias Farley was the fourth safety for the Titans last year. Rarely got time on defense, but was a key special teams player. He is now being replaced by A.J. Moore, and you can only uh, laugh at the Texans' connection, man. The Titans love 
uh, taking people from Houston. So a lot of ties with the organization, though. It does make sense. But the Titans cut Jackrabbit Jenkins. It puts Caleb Farley in that number one corner spot, or at least number two behind Fulton, a starter next year. And then the Titans sign a special teams ace and safety, A.J. Moore, from the Texans. Now we're going to talk about where the Titans sit cap-wise, because we did get some salary information on how Jeff Swaim and Ben Jones's contracts are structured. So I'll go through that while also talking about some of the next steps that we should see or could see from the Titans. Before we get into that, do want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one spot for all your sports scores and news this season. And of course, college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. So for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, head to BetOnline.net, the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. Bet online where the game starts. Titans fans, let's cap off this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Or not cap off, we're going to continue getting everything mixed up in the free agency frenzy. But either way, we're going to continue the show, talk about some salary information that we recently got on Ben Jones and Jeff Swaim, and then also talk about what the Titans can do going forward to create more cap space. Most sites, whether it be over the cap or whether it be spot track, have the Titans at about 1.6 to $1.8 million in salary cap space after the Jeff Swaim and Ben Jones deal. Now that doesn't take into account Jamarco Jones's deal. Now, I am surmising from what I've seen in the deal, Jamarco Jones, two-year deal, uh, a little over $5 million, $3 million guaranteed. Uh, I'm going to guess that his cap hit is about $2 million, probably getting, you look at the bonus money, it's it's a little over $3 million, so that means that that's split up between two years, so we're looking at about $1.6 a million dollars in bonus money in 2021. The Titans will probably have less than a million dollars in salary to make Jamarco Jones's cap hit about $2 million. That's what I'm expecting. So when you take that into account, the Titans are basically at even. The Jackrabbit Jenkins deal basically covered a lot of Ben Jones and Jeff Swaim and Jamarco Jones's cap hit. They're a little over in that sense, but of course, more moves to come. But that leads us to the salary information for Jeff Swaim and for Ben Jones. What really, really matters here, guys, is their cap hit number in 2022. That's what impacts the salary cap right now. And Jeff Swaim's deal was basically one year for a little over $3 million. But the Titans, like they did with Jayon Brown last year, added a voided year at the end of the contract. So what does that do? It takes a one-year contract and makes it a two-year contract, but there's no salary money in the second year. There's only bonus money. So as you guys know, when we talk about these restructures, where basically what the team does is they take salary money and they turn it into signing bonus money, and then the signing bonus money is spread throughout the life of the contract. So what the Titans did was they gave Jeff Swain a signing bonus and added a voided second year that they know ben, uh, J- 
that Jeff Swain won't be with the team. But having two years on the contract allows them to spread out the bonus money, which lowers the cap hit in the first year. That's what the Titans did with Jayon Brown last year. They did it over three years to have two voided years at the end. And coincidentally, they did it with both the contracts that we are going to discuss right here. So they did that with Jeff Swain. So although it's basically a one-year, a little over $3 million deal, Spreading the signing bonus money out through two years lowers the cap hit for 2022. So Swain's contract basically comes in at about $2.75 million in 2022 on the salary cap, which that's about right. That's about right for Jeff Swain. A little over $2 million, close to $3 million, a depth tight end. That makes a ton of sense. Then you look at Ben Jones's deal, and wow, I mean... Can't hate on this. Ben Jones, although he got a two-year deal worth $14 million, his cap hit in 2022 is only $3 million. So what the Titans did was they gave him bonus money, but essentially Ben Jones' deal has three years on it so that his bonus money, rather than being spread out over two years, can now be spread out over three years. You take your salary, your spread out bonus money, and that's how you get your cap hit. They had Ben Jones' salary at about $1.75 million. Add in another couple, uh, a little over a million dollars uh, in bonus as it's spread out, and Ben Jones' cap hit is only $3 bucks. So with Jeff Swaim and Ben Jones, that's only $5 million. My expectation is that Jamarco Jones' cap hit is about Two million bucks, maybe a little less than that. And there's your seven million from Jackrabbit Jenkins. So, boom. There you go. That's the update right now. But the Titans can't be done in free agency. And I know that we're all impatient. We want to see stuff. But I'm okay with not going after these top-tier guys. John Robinson's not out there paying 20 million bucks for Christian Kirk. I'm okay with that. The Titans didn't need to make insane improvements in free agency. They needed to have some mid-tier veterans come in to bolster the lineup, and then they need to hit on some playmakers in the draft, especially that first-round pick on a wide receiver. So, to create room for additional moves, like a veteran running back, a mid-tier wide receiver, a mid-tier tight end, depth on the offensive line, depth on defense, the Titans have these paths forward. And I get a lot of people telling me the Titans don't have cap space. People saying that in my comments and stuff on Twitter. Man, you just watch the show. Just sit back and let me explain how this can happen. So, restructuring contracts, like I explained earlier, is taking salary money away and changing it into bonus money. And then bonus money is spread out throughout the life of the contract. So that's going to lower the salary that a player makes for one year. And it's going to take the bonus money and spread it out over multiple years, which lowers the cap hit for one particular season. Okay? So the Titans can do that with up to eight more people and create essentially as much cap space as they truly want. The ones that make sense to me, Zach Cunningham. Cunningham has no guaranteed money on his deal going forward. So by taking his $10.5 million salary, converting, let's say, $6 million of that salary, $8 million of that salary into signing bonus. Well, now, Zach Cunningham gets guaranteed money up front, which will make him happy, and the Titans can keep him on the team while lowering his cap hit to about $4 million. That's a win-win for everybody, and it would save the Titans $6 million. So there's your tight end. Then, 
Taylor Lewan. He has no, very minimal, his dead cap in 2023 is a little over a million bucks. So by restructuring Taylor Lewan's deal, you're going to save $6 million right now while still only having minimal future penalties in terms of dead cap because his dead cap in the future is so low already. So those make sense. Kevin Byard, Kevin Byard's going to be good for a long time. Kevin Byard's going to be with the Titans for a long time. I don't care to push Kevin Byard's salary money as bonus money into the future because he's going to be here. I'm not worried about dead cap. So Kevin Byard, that would save you $7 million too. So Cunningham, $6 million. Lawan, $6 million. Byard, $7 million. Folks, that's basically $20 million the Titans can carve out, boom, right now without asking the player. Boom, immediately. So the Titans could have $20 million in salary cap tomorrow if they need it. Now, there's no reason to push that money into the future if you don't need it, but if they do, then it's right there available. Not only that, but a restructure of Ryan Tannehill saves $14 million. Now, I don't want to restructure Ryan Tannehill. I want the Titans to be able to get off of Ryan Tannehill's contract either after this year or after 2023. So I don't want to push money into the future if I don't think that the guy will be around more than one or two more seasons. Likewise, Bud Dupree. The Titans could restructure Bud Dupree right now and make $11 million in savings on the cap. But I don't think Bud Dupree will be around after the 2022 season, so I don't want to push that money into the future and make it more punitive to get rid of him. Derrick Henry. I know this sounds sacrilege, but a running back off a major injury with a ton of carries starting to break down potentially. If you restructure Derrick Henry, it's $6 million in savings right there, even though I don't want to do that. With those three guys, Tannehill, Dupree, and Henry, I don't want to do that. Same thing with Julio Jones. You could restructure his deal. He'd save you $5 million on the cap, but you're pushing money into the future for a guy who I don't think will be around after 2022. The last guy, Danico Autry, you could do that, but it's only going to save you $2 million. So it's just not worth it to push money into the future and take that penalty for such little cap savings. So right there, though, $6 million with Cunningham, $6 million with Lawan, $7 million with Bayer. That's like $20 million. 14 with Tannehill. That's like $34 million. 11 with Dupree. 45. Henry, 6. Julio, 5. Now we're getting into the $50 million range. Autry, 2 million. Nearly $60 million of cap space could be created if the Titans truly needed it. They don't and they won't. But I'm just saying, don't be saying to me the Titans don't have cap. The Titans can't do anything. They can do whatever they want because cap space and the cap, salary cap in the NFL is a guideline, not a firm stopper. Okay? Good cap guys can maneuver any way they want with salary cap structure and with contract structure. So nothing is impossible, but things still aren't real. The Titans aren't going to go out and spend money on Chandler Jones and Teron Armstead and all these guys who they don't need, you know, they don't need to spend that kind of money. So, but I'm just saying they will make logical moves and they can make any logical move that they want to. And speaking of logical moves, I think the Titans still have some moves to make in free agency. I'm going to go over the roles that I think need to be filled by a free agent, and we'll talk through some options that are still available on the market. Before we do that, I want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure that you guys check out the Locked On NFL show. It's available and free wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. I am the host of the Thursday National Show. That'll be tomorrow. Make sure that you guys subscribe. Show me some support. You get your Titans news here with me. Get your national NFL news with the Locked On NFL podcast. Again, free and available on all platforms.
Titans fans, let's actually cap off this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We talked about all the moves that the Titans made on Tuesday and what that means for the team going forward. Then we talked about the salary cap structures of some of the recent signings, what the Titans' financial situation is currently, what they can do to carve out even more room. Now, I want to talk about some moves that I still expect the Titans to make in free agency and some roles that need to be filled. Before we get into that, I got to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They're giving you the NFL Draft coverage from two different sides. Yeah, they're looking at prospects and analyzing those guys, but they're also looking at it from a front office perspective. So you get the best of both worlds when it comes to the draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But Going into these roles, that's something like in my third offseason covering the team here, I've decided I need to go about this a different way. Instead of just talking about positions of need, I talk about the roles that the Titans need to fill. And let's just go through those roles really quickly. The Titans need a veteran backup running back. Right now, they only have Derrick Henry. That's the only running back on the team that actually matters. There are some futurist contracts that have been signed, whatever. They have Derrick Henry, and that's it. So the Titans need a veteran backup running back, and then they probably need to draft a running back as well. They also need a mid-to-low-tier wide receiver. No, I don't expect the Titans to go out and get some of the more high-priced guys, like a DJ Chark who got signed on Tuesday for $10 million. I'm not expecting that. But a mid-tier guy at $7, $8 million, $6 million. Even if they decide to, you know, they're going to hit wide receiver early in the draft, and they want a low-end wide receiver. Even if that's the case, they need a, a 2 to $4 million receiver in there. They do. Also, mid-tier tight end. I'm not going low-tier. No, the Titans need a mid-tier tight end. Their low-tier tight end is Jeff Swain. That's their low-tier second-blocking tight end, third tight end on the depth chart. They need a tight end one in free agency, not in the draft, okay? You're not going to get a tight end one who can be your immediate starter in the draft. You're just not. It's very rare to find a tight end who's ready to go in his rookie year. Yeah, you could point to Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson, two top 10 picks in the draft. Guess what the Titans don't have? A top 10 pick in the draft. Guess what this draft doesn't have? A tight end worthy of being drafted in the top 10. There isn't even a tight end worthy of being drafted in the first round. And then the Titans, after pick 26, don't pick again until pick 90. So... You can't count on a tight end in the draft to be your tight end one. The Titans have to go out and still fill that slot. Likewise, offensive line depth. We saw a little bit of depth with Jamarco Jones. I think there needs to be another veteran depth piece before the Titans draft an offensive lineman in the draft. And that would make up your total of eight offensive linemen, which I broke down yesterday. Need inside linebacker depth. They're going to need a veteran there to go along with Zach Cunningham. Hopefully he stays around. David Long and Monty Rice. You need a veteran behind them who can play special teams and even add some depth. I think they need two inside linebackers, personally. Outside linebacker depth. The Titans need one more veteran edge rusher to go along with Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, who's always hurt, Rashad Weaver coming off a major injury, So the Titans need a veteran pass rusher that can rotate in there. Then I also think they need to draft one. Then I think they need to bring back Ola Daney as well. So six edge rushers on the roster, in my opinion. They also need some cornerback depth. I talked about that quite a bit lately, having that veteran corner. I mentioned it in our first segment as well. 
and then a veteran safety, but that veteran safety spot just got filled by A.J. Moore, so you can cross that off the board. So that leaves us veteran running back, mid-to-low-tier wide receiver, mid-tier tight end, offensive line, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and cornerback depth. So let's go through some options that are still available in free agency for the people who are panicking that the Titans aren't making any moves. Veteran running backs. Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman are still out there. And I know a lot of people think, oh, Foreman almost went for 1,000 yards last year. He's going to get a big contract. Come on, guys. The NFL thought he should be on his couch less than six months ago. Or less than eight months ago. The NFL is not going to do a total 180 on Deontay Foreman and give him a $5 million deal because he looked good in one of the best run-blocking schemes in the NFL. They're not. It's just not going to happen. So Foreman will be available for the Titans if they want him. Same with Hilliard. A guy like Boston Scott got cut by the Eagles on Tuesday. Scat back out of the backfield can be that, you know, pass-catching back. I like Boston Scott a lot. Same thing, Duke Johnson, a guy who has some history with the Texans' connection. Of course, I think Duke Johnson would be a nice compliment to Derrick Henry. Jarek McKinnon, who had a little bit of a resurgence at the end of the year with Kansas City last year. I think he would be a solid fit. And maybe a guy like Devontae Freeman, who played pretty well for the Ravens last year. So all those guys make sense, and they're still all out there on the market. Literally, I'm not worried at all about the Titans finding a running back. I'm not. As for wide receiver, a mid-to-low-tier wide receiver, whoever the Titans sign will tell us a lot about their plan in the draft. They have talked a ton this offseason about getting better around Ryan Tannehill and improving the skill position players, improving the offense. Well, are they going to put their money where their mouth is? Because if they don't get at least a mid-wide receiver, and that's funny because of the slang way that mids used. <laughs> funny. I mean, like a mid-level wide receiver. Then they're telling us right away, we're going wide receiver with the first round pick. They're telling us that. So, mid-tier wide receivers. Of course, I banged the table for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he'd be a perfect fit. But a guy like Will Fuller has history with Tim Kelly. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I think, could be a nice fit as he was cut by the Jets. Sammy Watkins could add some speed to the offense and potentially be an outside compliment to AJ. James Washington could be a low-end guy. Tracon Smith, Keelon Cole. They could be low-end guys for the Titans, but I would want to go out of that, that mid-range. Will Fuller, Jamison Crowder, Juju Smith, Sammy Watkins. I think those would make a lot more sense for the Titans with where they're at. Same thing, mid-tier tight end. Tyler Conklin, Gerald Everett, Kyle Rudolph, all still available. The Titans could even go a little bit cheaper with like a Max Williams coming off a serious injury and O.J. Howard, who's been injured a ton. Hayden Hurst, who just simply hasn't turned into the player people thought he would be as a first-round pick for Baltimore just a few years ago. So those guys are all available for the Titans on the cheap as well. So no reason to not go out and sign one of those guys and draft a tight end. As for the depth spots, offensive line, I think they need a pure tackle. Jamarco Jones is, has played a, a lot of different positions, but he's played more guard recently. So if you look at him as kind of a swing guy, you need one more pure backup tackle who can maybe compete for the starting position. <clears throat> That's why Dennis Kelly, bringing him back. David Questenberry even, bringing him back. A guy like Nate Solder, a guy like Brian Beluga was cut by the Chargers on Tuesday. All those guys could be cheap and make a lot of sense. Dennis Kelly, Questenberry, those guys will be less than $2 million. Solder maybe just a little bit more. Beluga could be more in the 4 to $5 million range, but he could actually start. So I think that would make a lot of sense for the Titans. Get one draft drafted guy, and you got your eight-man lineup. You got your eight-man offensive line. So I'd like to see that. 
uh, inside linebacker depth, a guy like Alec Ogletree, maybe bringing Jayon Brown back, uh, Gerard Davis, Jamie Collins, Nick DeZubnar even as a special teams only guy. I think the Titans are going to have to get two veteran linebackers in here, one just for special teams and one for actual linebacker depth. I'd like to see Jayon and DeZubnar brought back, quite frankly. Outside linebacker depth, a cheap veteran looking to compete for a title. Ryan Kerrigan, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, Whitney Merciless. I want the Titans to bring Ola back as well for special teams. And then a veteran cornerback, Kyle Fuller, Akella Witherspoon, Terrence Mitchell, A.J. Bouye, Jimmy Smith, Buster Screen even, Robert Alford. I would like to see those one of those guys brought in as well to add that veteran depth in. Let's be honest. As much as being put on Caleb Farley, as hype as I am for Caleb Farley, as much as you want your first-round pick to work out, he's been injured a ton. So the Titans need some security from that position, and it can't be another rookie. They need a veteran. They need a depth guy there. So that's kind of the group that I would look for. But that's it. That's a total roundup of day two of free agency. No moves from the Titans <clears throat> since I have... Uh, since I've started recording, I can't tell you the Titans' comp picks has finally come in from the NFL. The Titans, there was some worry here, but the Titans did get a fourth and a sixth round comp pick, so we'll go over that most likely in tomorrow's show, and I'll break down everything that goes into the comp picks. A lot of people have questions about those, so I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown, talk about how the Titans got blessed with two comp picks. Thank you, Kevin Johnson, for retiring, but I'll break that all down tomorrow. That's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.